0: By Wednesday, I had prepared a morning service, but then I thought, no, we'll do a different one. (laughs) Along the lines of what we've been looking at, and this fits right in here for the Lord's table, the suffering saviour. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5 to 10. We'll be looking at Hebrews 5, 5 to 10. I believe Monique has arrived home as well, so she was pulling in at 11 o'clock last night Andrew said she'd be on the road I mean on, in the air somewhere when I was talking to him yesterday afternoon so. eight weeks happens quick when you're here or there Hebrews chapter 5 with what was said in the adult class I think it's a clear in the, the second half of the class there's a clear indication of our, what our attitude should be as far as ministry, as far as our Christian life is concerned. And the example we should follow is what we're looking at in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, we've looked at suffering for two weeks. There is another, at least one more to come. But looking at the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he sets the example of what leadership should be. If we don't follow his leadership and his footsteps, we'll go on our own way and do our own thing in our, and do it wrong. So I pray as we look at the word this morning, we might see the Lord Jesus and how he exemplifies leadership. We're looking at church leadership in the adult class and the wrongs of church leadership. What, they did it for themselves to fill their own pockets and all the things that they were doing back in, well, church, in quotes, because the way they behaved, it wasn't a church. I recall Pastor Buddy Smith said sometimes when he preaches through Revelation, he he finds it hard to say the seven churches represent seven periods of church history because you have to talk about the Catholic Church being the church. What was really the church is those that were saved, born again. I mean, the church is only made up of saved people and a lot of unsaved people in that organisation. But there are other groups that were running parallel with that, smaller groups that held to the scriptures. Just as we would meet today, they met and they preached the word of God and praise God for them. They're the ones that held held the truth <laughs> and were persecuted severely for it. So... We'll be looking at the Lord Jesus. What does he say about leadership? How does he exemplify that this morning? And here in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5, particularly verse 8, but reading 5 to 10. For also, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. But he that said unto him, thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. That was his father said that. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him who was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. And this has been an echo in the last two sermons and again today. He, the Lord Jesus, though a son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He offered offered up strong prayers with strong crying and tears. The Garden of Gethsemane, as the Lord pleaded, "If this, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me." Nevertheless, Thy will be done. What an example is the Lord Jesus Christ to us. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word, and thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, the One who hears and answers our prayers, our mediator, our go-between God, the Father, and ourselves. Lord, thank you for he that has done so much for us and how he did it, the example he set for our lives as Christians. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And may we learn obedience along with he through the trials and tribulations of life, may they not drive us away, but draw us to the Lord Jesus. And Lord, there are many of us and many in other churches that are going through hardships, trials, testings, temptations even. Strengthen each one of them. Our missionaries on the field who are going through things we know nothing about in, in different cultures with different languages, different, different approaches to ministry. Lord, I pray that you be with them, minister to them and through them for your glory. May they be able to connect with the people that you've sent them to and be a real blessing as the word is opened. So may it be with us today. Bless the word it is, as it is open. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> if you are reading your daily breads or the future articles that we have for each day's reading uh, I didn't know it was in there until Monday (laughs) but after last Sunday there was an article written and I I believe it's worth reading through even if you've already read it because it follows right on the topic of what we're looking at last week, this week, and the week before. God is able to make a complex topic and condense it into one word. For example, in Galatians 5.15, we learn that all the law is summed up in one word. That word, when the Lord Jesus was asked this question, in the Gospels, is love. If man, a man loves God with all his heart and loves his neighbour as himself, He has fulfilled the law. In a similar way, God has a word that describes our entire Christian life. From the day we were saved to the day we die is summed up in one word. And I thought, wow. (laughs) And the word, you know what it is? Suffering. Wait a minute. (laughs) That's what. And and listen to the, the verses that they quoted in following that statement the Christian life is not a bed of ease or roses and the Lord promised us that we would be treated as he was in John's Gospel chapter 15 you're not above he he suffered he was threatened he was treated shamefully he did only right and he suffered almost only wrong eventually crucified but a brighter day awaits us Although, this suffering is in this life. And our eternal future is also summed up in one word. Can you think of the one word that our eternal future is summed up in? Uh, A Chris Hustler fellow, years ago we used to have him and he used to shout it out sometimes. Glory, Glory. yeah. (laughs) You remember, someone remembered him saying that. (laughs) Glory, one word. Consider the following. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. They're tied up, those two words, summing up the Christian life, suffering, and the future of the Christian, glory, in one verse, Romans eight eighteen. Another verse that reads from 1 Peter. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. In other words, glorify, glorification. And another verse in Corinthians 4.17 reads, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, suffering, light affliction, worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. The two words that sum up the Christian life now and the Christian life in the future, suffering, glory, suffering, glory. And uh, I hadn't seen them tie so much in Scripture as they brought these together in this, in this article. <clears throat> in Luke 24:26, these same two words were also used of our Saviour. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, testify beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Suffering glory, suffering glory. What was true of our Lord is true of us. The cross must come before the crown. The humiliation must come before the exaltation. Do we embrace God's view of our present as well as our future? Suffering and glory. Because if we don't, the Lord, and we're truly born again, the Lord is going to have to take us slowly but surely through life to learn of suffering and to anticipate the glory to follow the suffering and the glory. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, the well-known section of scripture, and <clears throat> we'll give a brief outline as we go through this portion of scripture speaking about the Lord Jesus, suffering and glory. Ephesians, I mean Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Let this mind be in you, verse 5, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think this way. Become like the Lord Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he claimed equality with God. What does that make him? God. God the Son. But made himself of no reputation. Have this mind. No reputation took upon himself the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross, suffering and glory from glory to this earth (laughs) to be treated as he was, to be born of a virgin, then to be treated in his ministry as he was to suffer the cross and to go back to glory. Some things in these verses here. Verse 6, the last part of verse 6. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This speaks of the Lord Jesus' sovereignty. Equal with God. If if anyone claimed to be equal with God, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, well, in the Old Testament, they'd be (laughs) stoned. And that's to them. And anybody today that claims that, Is walking on thin ice in declaring themselves to be equal with the Lord God, our Father. It's not so. Only the Lord Jesus could do that. In verse 7, a phrase there made himself of no reputation. We see his surrender there, his willingness to step down from heaven into earth's realm, into the realm which he created. By his spoken word. We see his subordination in the last part of verse 7. And took upon himself the form of a servant. Was made in the likeness of men. Took upon him the form of a servant. And we'll be looking at that in John in a little bit. Subordination. See, this is the mind we're to have. As Christians. Not trying to get up the top. But willing to submit ourselves to minister and to serve other people. It's not a thing in our society that's taught. And it's not a thing that's in churches taught much either. That we need to take the lower seat. Didn't the Lord Jesus say that in one of the parables? He said well, he said to them, if you're going to go to a feast, don't sit yourself up the top seat. Take the lower seat. Because the guest, the, the host will come and say, hey, get out of there. You're not supposed to be sitting in that seat. Go down lower and you'll be red faced and embarrassed in front of everybody. Uh-huh. Take the lower seat and, and uh, the host might move you up a couple of seats. That's what the Lord Jesus wants us to do. In all of our life's experiences, take the lower seat. As he set this example, as we're given in Philippians Subordination, his servanthood, his submission in verse 8 we see, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, humbled himself, and his submission to the Father's will, as we mentioned earlier, not my will, but thy will be done. And then he sacrificed in the latter part of verse 8, he humbled himself and became, became obedient unto death. Could the Lord Jesus have avoided dying? Could have he got off? Could have he called 10,000 angels? He could have. He had that in his power. He had the power to do that. put up thy sword in its place. If I was going to fight, I would have called on others than men to, to fight for me. You know what we do when we're in a situation, we fight for our rights. We stand up for ourselves. We're taught to do that in our society in the way it is, and that's not what God wants. He wants us to submit. He wants us to be subordinate. He wants us, as it says in Scripture, to die to ourselves and live unto him. That's the Christian life. Die to what we would like and what we think is right to what he is bringing in our life and what he wants of us. Obedient unto death. Oh, let's follow his way. It's, it's the blessed way. It's it's completely contrary to the way of the world, but it is the way. It, it looks like a contradiction, huh? but it is truth. Submit, go down to go up. Huh? And all, all those seeming contradictions in Scripture, or in the way, not contradictions of Scripture, but the contra- contradictory ways it seems to present the life of going up, you go down instead of going up to be Ones that go up to glory in the in the future. And verse eight, the last few words of verse eight, obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. We see his substitution here. He stood in. He didn't die for his own sins. He died for our sins. He ma- he made the payment for all our sins, as was mentioned this morning in a prayer or in in, in preaching. I don't know, but he was our substitute. He became our substitute. Mere mortal men, he died for us. And it says it over and over in Scripture, does it not? He is our substitute. And then in verse 9, we see, Wherefore God hath, what? Highly exalted him. <laughs> exalted him. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, we're discussing that one in men's prayer time yesterday. and He ascended. He went up and the clouds received him out of their sight. And there he went and he sat at the right hand of the Father on high, waiting till his enemies become his footstool. Still hasn't happened, but it's going to. Where he exercises all authority. He is in glory. You know, he did stand after he was seated. You know when he stood? When Stephen was stoned to death and he welcomed the first martyr into heaven. The Lord stood in respect of that. That's something, isn't it? The Lord of glory doing that. But he ascended, highly exalted, and his supremacy is seen in the rest of, well, verse 9 to 11. Highly exalted, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is above all. He is exalted above all. He has that position. He could have yielded to the temptation of Satan when he was around thirty years old in the wilderness. He could have got the kingdom another way, but the, the devil offered him the king all the kingdoms of the world. If you will fall down and worship No, he went by the way of the cross, for with if he didn't do that we would not nobody would able be able to enter into heaven's glory. People love to follow proud men. And in the adult Sunday school class, they're looking at popes and whatever else they were. People in authority in the church in the past. Proud men. How many of us are not proud? We all have the problem, don't we? What is the problem? Where did sin start? It started in heaven, you know, with Satan. And what was it about? I will, I will. Pride, pride, pride. Exalting himself and trying to take over the throne of God. People love to follow proud men who assert themselves, are self confident, self seeking, full of self esteem, full of self righteousness, full of themselves. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I had to go hunting for this verse, I knew it was there somewhere. And in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 17, we read this. Then this is Paul speaking to people that had been one to him as he started the church in Corinth. These are his own converts. And he is having, having to defend himself and his apostleship or his leadership. Paul learnt from being a proud Pharisee that he had to be humbled to minister for the Lord. And on three occasions, there's whole groups of things that happened to him that taught him to be submissive and to surrender and to die to himself, put himself under obedience to the Lord. And here we read in 2 Corinthians 11:17 that which I speak, I speak not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly, in this confident of boasting seeing that many glory after the flesh I will glory also for ye suffer fools gladly seeing yourselves, seeing ye yourselves are wise that's a bit of a dig if you didn't get it <laughs> he's call, calling them wise well in a sense thinking they are wise for ye sufferer if a man bring you into bondage in other words, if a man come into your assembly and exalt himself, which they had, and proudly put himself in a position of authority, if a man devour you, if a man take you, take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, this the Corinthians had done. And he's saying to them, it's not right. He said, therefore, I'm going to tell you a few things about myself. I speak as concerning reproach as though he had been weak. Nevertheless, in whatever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold. You see, he didn't want to say this, but he must say this to make the Corinthians realize that it's not the proud person that come into their midst that they should follow. It's the humble servant of God that comes into their midst they should follow his leadership. Are they Hebrews? Are these people that come in Hebrews? So am I. He never wanted to say this. But they forced him, they forced his hand to say this. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labours, more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, often. See the suffering that's coming out here? This authenticates that he's a true leader. These things that are mentioned of the Jews five times received I forty stripes and he's he's trying to remind them are these other leaders you're following this way has have these things happened to them Thrice I was beaten with rods once I was stoned thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day have I been in the deep who wants to go with Paul <laughs> who wants to be his co-worker <laughs> I would say, we would all shun and say, not for me. I'm staying in town. You can go on your own, Paul. (laughs) Um, Another one, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in shipwreck, was he three times? (laughs) Uh, In the sea, in perils among false brethren, Judaizers in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings, that's staying awake all night praying for people, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, the inward things you can't see, the hurts, the suffering, the pain that's inside. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? Am I not? Do I not burn? Not I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my what? Infirmities. This is what he did. He said to be a true leader, you have to come under. Just as the Lord set the example, not try to push you away and become exalted like these popes we learned about in, in the um, adult Sunday school class. they all are like, power, position, priority, everything they just, they just wanted to be there. They hungered for that and wanted that. Christ had every right and power to be that way, but he didn't. Paul was that way, and he changed to become what he was. The Lord humbled himself. Paul humbled himself. The Lord humbled himself and became subordinate as a son of Mary and Joseph. Let's turn back to the Gospel of John, chapter 2, where we have mentioned there the early life of the Lord Jesus. In chapter 2 of John and verse 39, and it hasn't got verse 39. Mm. Help! (laughs) That's where I could pull my phone out if I was at home and find it. (laughs) Luke, that speaks about the early childhood, I know, of the Lord being the doctor. He emphasized that. We'll see if it's there. Yep, it's Luke. Luke, chapter 2, verse 39. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they did returned to into Galilee, into their own city, Nazareth. And the child, the Lord Jesus, grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Verse 42, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. So the early childhood of Childhood of the Lord. And down to verse 48. You can read everything between at your leisure. And he said unto them in verse 48. How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? (laughs) He's 12 years old. (laughs) He's doing his father's business. He's coming under authority. And in verse 51. With all these things happening. He knowing who he was and what he was about. His parents not realizing it fully. And he went down in verse 51 with them and came to Nazareth and was what? Subject unto them. Who really had the authority here? (laughs) The Lord, the King of glory. But he as a child submitted himself to his parents for the next, what, to, to 30 years old under his parents they have not fully understanding he understanding what things what things he was about and who he was really serving and jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with god and man you see he humbled himself he put himself under he became subject to his parents so he became subordinate as a son of mary and joseph and this is why people found it hard religious people to accept who he was he's just one of us, even his own siblings, didn't understand that. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10. Notice something else that the Lord Jesus did. and We discover this willingness to submit himself and to set that example for us, as we've discovered in Philippians. And all the books of Scripture in the New Testament speak of this. We haven't time to look at them all. Chapter 2, verse 9 of Hebrews We read there, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He stationed himself willingly below the angels for the suffering of death. (coughs) Crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. This is how powerful and exalted he is. All things were made by him and for him in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through, what's the word? Suffering. Suffering again. He was willing to put himself and station himself below angels. And as we've read already in Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 and the last part of that verse, he was made in the likeness of men. He stationed himself in man's likeness to do what he did for us. If you go to John's Gospel, chapter 13, during the life and time of his ministry, it mentions here that he, what did he do? He served people. And the disciples were aghast at what he did. Peter was pretty indignant about this. You can't do that. You're the Lord of glory. What are you doing, taking a towel and washing our feet? That's the servant's job, huh. Peter was thinking. And the rebuke rebuke of the Lord was hard on the heels of what Peter had said in chapter 13 and verse 13. For the sake of time, you can read it right up to that. But ye, ye call me master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. I am your master and Lord. If I then your master and have washed your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye Also ought to wash one another's feet. What is it talking about? The the chap in charge needs to wash the feet. (laughs) Wow. Needs to serve and minister. That's the way to glory through the suffering, through the submission to authority and to the people that you minister to. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is, he, neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye what? Do them. He came to, to minister, he came to serve. And so he humbled himself, become subordinate to this, as a son of Mary and Joseph. He stationed himself below angels and made in the likeness of men. He served people and he said, go do it. This is the way to glory. Not the way that man thinks, climb the ladder and trip the fella up in front of you and drag him down and hang onto his feet and you know, <laughs> climb all over his back to get up above him. But this is happening in churches. It's happening in the world big time. Not the way to do it. <laughs> you submit yourself, you humble yourself. You work under. As the Lord has set that example of godly leadership and 1st Peter chapter 2 and verse 23 1st Peter two twenty-three. here <clears throat> as we've used this word many times already he submitted himself in our reading of this morning who when he was reviled reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not he could have <laughs> But committed himself to him that judgeth righte- righteously. He submitted himself. He didn't revile. He didn't seek his own way. It doesn't use the word submit, but that's what it's saying in that verse 23. And <clears throat> he suffered. Hebrews, and we've looked at, I think, this one, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 already. We'll go to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. He suffered. He suffered. He suffered for us and uh, all these verses I think we've looked at mentions the thought of him suffering chapter 9 and 23 we read there it was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things no I've done it again Oh, thank you. I said 28, didn't I? For so Christ Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He was once offered, he suffered, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And you can see why we're doing the preaching before the Lord's Supper. This is what it's about, remembering what he's done for us. He was once offered. Oh, how different men are. They like, they are like, we are like the devil who was proud, arrogant, self-centered, self, self-righteous, self-exalting, lording it over. And one of the churches there in the seven churches was a church that lauded it over the people. and this morning it was mentioned about the laity in the adult Sunday school class. the laity. And the leadership. The leadership did not want John Wycliffe to translate the Bible into the common language of the laity because the laity would, hey, wait a minute. That's what... The Bible doesn't teach what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They wanted to hold on to authority and power. They wanted the position. They wanted the people to bow before them and kiss their toes. Don't they? Well... St. Peter's over there. I've never been there, never want to really go there to Rome. But they say his big toe, the statue of Peter, his big toe was kissed right off. If you want to get a germ, go kiss his toe. (laughs) But, you know, and statutes anyway, it's wrong. (laughs) Oh, that we would see that leadership means submission, coming under authority we have leadership conferences and things and they don't teach this. I remember Pastor Smith way back put an article out about this very thing. I didn't pull it out and read it, but it was about this. Leadership is not lordship. It's not dictatorship. It's not, well, I'm over you now. You do what I say. The, the, the Lord Jesus didn't do that. He invited the disciples. Come, follow me. He invited them to do ministry. He didn't make them do ministry. And it's a hard and it's a slower road to follow in that sort of leadership. It's from the heart. It's from the will that God wants us to work, not from a compulsion, not from authority, not from law, but from grace that he wants us to minister for him. If, if you're made to do it, you do it, mm, 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 you know, <laughs> grumbling all the way. But if you want to do it, you get a joy. Uh, Tim prayed this morning about being joyful in giving. The word is hilarious. I don't know if the, treas- the ushers saw anyone laughing while they gave the money this morning. But giving hilariously, it's, it's a joy to give. Not because we have to. It's not a law. We live in that day of grace, don't we? The Lord never asserted himself, but humbled himself before his father. Oh yes, he was angered and became righteously indignant against the racketeers, the renegades, the religious redectors in the temple in Matthew 21. And he overturned, he did it twice actually in his life, he overturned the many changes, he he chased the animals out, he let the birds out of their cages that were being sold for offerings. He he had the cows running out over the temple. Just imagine the chaos. Because it was thousands of these things that he, he went through and, and turned it all over. And, and it's almost like the Lord needs to come down and turn the churches upside down and shake them all out, you know? It's like in the Old Testament where one of the one of those um Ezra and Nehemiah, who was it? Went in there and found the household stuff of Tobiah in the temple. Here was this man who had taken up residence, an evil man in the temple. And he, he threw it all out. I see it going out the window and out the wall and over there. And everyone, oh, how dare you do that? He did it. The church needs a shake-up of getting rid of the leadership that a lordship people. I'm not talking about lordship salvation. I mean dictatorial people in the pulpits. And we need to be humble servants of the Lord, just as he was when he was here. If you can show me otherwise, show me from scripture that we are supposed to be putting the thumb down on people. It's not there. It's not in the Bible. If Jesus didn't do it, we should not. We should not do it. What does it say in the Bible? Well James chapter four and verse six? James four and verse six says this, "But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, "God resisteth the proud, but what does he do to the humble? He gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you." What a blessing.. <laughs> As we humble ourselves, the devil will flee. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Not for ourselves to exalt ourselves. It's for the Lord to do that. The hard thing is to wait the hard thing is just stay humble keep serving and it might mean a whole lifetime before the lord will exalt and give you that that glory that's promised the suffering and the glory and last of all let's turn to first peter first <clears throat> peter chapter 2 and in pre- preparation for the lord's supper Reading this portion. The reading of this morning. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow in his steps. Who did no sin. So we see him as suffering Savior, we see him as a sinless Savior, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Sinless, absolutely perfect, and then a submissive Savior who, in verse twenty-three, who when he was reviled reviled not again, when he suffered he threatened not, as we read a moment ago, but committed himself to him, his heavenly Father, who judgeth righteously substitutionary saviour he stood in our place verse 24 who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed we need to learn to be submissive to him as he was submissive to his father and to stand in and help and minister for others we can't be a substitute for other people's sins but the Lord Jesus could be according to verse 24 and in verse 25 we see him a seeking saviour for he you were like sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls the shepherding saviour he will lead he will guide we need servant leadership we need it to be part of our lives a part of our church And want to God to be part of our community. And there are some unsaved people that are servant leaders. They're they're far between, but they're there in politics and in local councils. They just want to minister to the people. Praise God that they're there, even though they aren't saved. But pray to God that there would be Christians, that we Christians would do that and set the example for them. And they realise why they're doing it. (laughs) Not to work for salvation, but to minister to people. Let us take on the Lord Jesus and have this mind in us, which was in him. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. O oh, Lord, how we need to exemplify our Saviour, the Lord Jesus, who set, a, set that example. Bless and minister to us now as we partake of the Lord's Supper, remembering what he did for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.